Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Wednesday, July 12th. We are down to 13 on our countdown of the top 25 players on Clemson's roster at TigerIllustrated.com. This is a summer tradition, and we talk to a number of folks over there in the football offices, around the football offices, people who have a pretty good feel for the players and their strengths, weaknesses, and all that. Coming in at 13 is R.J. Mickens, the safety. Plenty more coming at TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Its office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Okay, to our conversation with Kayvon Wallace, who joined us earlier today, fresh off some workouts over there at Clemson's football facilities. Here we go. Enjoy. Okay, we are joined by Kayvon Wallace, former Clemson star who absolutely left his mark with the football program and apparently is back in Clemson at the moment. Am I correct on that, Kayvon? Yes, sir. I'm, I've been back here for the past three weeks grinding for the offseason. Okay. Um, tell me where, just sort of, uh, uh, you know, obviously a lot has happened since you left, but I'm just uh, interested to get your view on where things are right now for you and in, in life in, in your your professional life as well with the eagles after after three seasons just sort of maybe sum things up for us if you don't mind um where can i start so you want me to just talk about my rookie year or going into now? Or? You can just – you don't have to – you can go as long or as short as you want to, just sort of just sort of how things are looking for you maybe uh, right now, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, right now, uh, things are looking very well. Um, two of our um, starting safeties last year signed major deals uh, on other teams. So there's a spot open. And I'm just, you know, willing to just do my best to compete, uh, willing to do my best to help the team. And um, if you know me, I'm definitely a team player, one of the guys that's going to go out there and lead by example. Um, 
and just, you know, put it all on the line to, to be victorious. Uh, no matter what it takes, no matter what I got to go through, uh, no matter what I got to tell somebody, don't matter. Um, all I'm about is just winning, um, winning championships, winning each and every game, each and every week. Um, just trying to, you know, just not only just build a legacy for, for me as a player, but me as a winner as well. Um, I want to continue to just, you know, surround myself with like-minded men and, and, and guys who want to go out there and win. And um, this year has been a great setup for me to to do just that. Um, like I said, the spot is open. Um, I got some great competition back there that's going to push me to, to be better and it's going to challenge me to, to go out there and earn it. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, my, my previous couple of years, um, I've been in and out of the, the starting role to, to back up role and um, injuries and things like that lingered and um, just ultimately just helped me appreciate, you know, wh- what I have in front of me now. Um, I feel like everything that I've been through my first three years uh, prepared, me to, prepared me for this moment. Um, and I feel like this is going to be the year where I, I blossom. This is going to be the year where I, I take control, um, and this is going to be a year where I feel like we're going to put the icing on the cake and, and get our Super Bowl. So um, I've just been in Clemson, uh, been here, like I said, three and a half weeks, um, just trying to get back to my roots, get back to that grind, that old school grind, working two a days, um, field work, lifting, mobility, um, extra treatment. Um, it's been a great environment here already. Um, Clemson has done nothing but build and build and build. And um, coming back here and just using all the equipment that they have, all the treatment that they have, all the massage chairs, the cryo chambers, whatever they got to, to better me, um, the nutritions, the, the, the trainers, whatever. I'm just taking advantage of that, and I'm using it, you know, for my advantage, for it. It can help me my years to come um i feel like uh i'm at peace here um, i got a bunch of friends up here who who i haven't seen in a while coaches staff members i haven't seen in a while so i've been surrounded by nothing but love um it's always positive here and you know clemson is all about football so me being back here man just keeping the main thing the main thing from your knowledge, is it common for NFL guys to go back to their school um, or to go somewhere, some other specialized training um, facilities somewhere else? Uh, just, I'm just curious. I'm ignorant, um, so help enlighten usually, me. Usually guys go uh, somewhere new, um, probably somewhere they heard of uh, because that's what I did. Uh, somewhere new, some you know where they heard of, where they get good work and um, it's a good environment and things like that. Uh, you rarely see guys go back at their schools to to train and to work out. Um, I don't think that's a, a very common thing. I know guys that have done it, but I've seen uh, eight times out of ten more guys just going to new places, new environments to to get the work that. They got back at their old school. But um, like I said, for me, I feel like going back to your roots, um, going back to, you know, what made you a man, um, what what opportunities that you took advantage of, 
um, you know, just bringing back memories and not only just bringing back memories, just getting back to that to that work that I that I put in when I was here as well. A lot of people talk about, you know, former players and their love of being back at Clemson or whatever their alma mater is. But what is probably not talked about as much, um, particularly here at Clemson, as we talk about all these lavish facilities that have been built, um, I guess, in the last seven years, because when you got here in 16, uh, the the Reeves we Center... Were, we, were still, we were still at uh, the, the stadium. stadium. Yeah. yeah. We were still at the stadium when I first got here. In the West End Zone. I guess in the context of talking about all, all the facilities, it's talked about from a recruiting perspective or from the perspective of what players who are here, um, you know, in progress, you know, in the middle of their college careers can take advantage of, but it's not often talked about what you're doing. I mean, NFL guys can come back and that's a big part. It seems of the Dabo and Clemson model is saying, look, when you come to us, you know, the, the, the relationship and the commitment is not just for the three, four or five years you're here, but this is a lifetime thing. It, it, lifetime. It, it, am I hitting that? Lifetime, man. Um, have a great relationship with Sweeney, man. He's He's been hard on me, um, but he's always been like a, a big brother, a big mentor, um, a father figure, if you will, just – always wanted the best out of him and his I'm always wanting the best out of himself but also his players um he's a players coach and he's he's always been that way um even with guys that was in the league before me um he told them you know um come back you know come back see me come back and, and grind and and get back to what you, you know what you used to do and um I was one of those guys who kind of ignored it in my first couple of years just trying to figure it out all on my own, but um, I gave it a shot and it has done nothing but benefit me so far. Um, I just can't wait to see the benefits of it uh, throughout the season. But Sweeney and just that Clemson culture, man, it's always family-oriented. It's always just love. Um, like I mentioned earlier, when I got here, it just was love, just in the air, um, positivity, um, all the things that you know, you just the environment you just want to be in to be successful. Um, it's here, and that's also a huge reason why I came back. Can you give us like a specific sort of picture and a sense of what is available to you from a training perspective, and what exactly you're doing, and what maybe is here that might not be elsewhere? Um. Everything that a Clemson, a current Clemson football player has access to, um, we have the same access. Um, trainers, weight room, um, nutrition, um, even, you know, just almost just everything. Um, we, we have a list of uh, players that are here. Um, who are on the same list as, you know, the former players that are here as far as, like, nutrition and eating breakfast, lunch, um, just the little things. Uh, it's, it's, it's all available to us. Um, it's, it's as if we play here. Um, whatever we need, um, practice facility, um, whatever. Um, I don't really know 
what else there is sure. on it. It's anything that you can ask for is just available to you. No matter if you're a current or a previous player, it's 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 love, man. It's it's great out here. Can you tell me what your schedule is um, every day? Um. It varies. Uh, sometimes I work out early in the morning, six in the morning, seven in the morning. Uh, sometimes I work out later, um, 10, 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning. Um, and I usually try to do my best to get my second workout in uh, around four o'clock, five o'clock. Um, but I've been I've been at it for three weeks, three and a half weeks, just working out two, twice a day, um, going in the morning and then going later in the afternoon. Um, even on days of recovery, you know, just trying to get that extra work in, uh, the extra 30 minutes or 40 minutes of work that I need to put in. But um, every day just been consistent. Um, six days a week, um, Monday to Saturday. Uh, Sunday is probably the only day that I don't do something. And even on Sunday, I, I do something. I play basketball, some uh, shoot around, uh, box. Uh, boxing is a, a love of mine that I found. Um, two years ago um, that kind of like stuck with me. So I, I, I box a lot, especially on my off days or on my recovery days. Um, just, you know, finding ways to stay active, getting in, but definitely going at it six days a week. Uh, probably get two workouts out of the two. I probably get two workouts a day, four days out of those six days. Um, and just been at it ever since. I got to I got to hear how you discovered boxing 2 years ago. What what's the story there? Um, I just I always been a fan um of Floyd and just his winning competitive his winning competitiveness and um all the greats like Kobe, um Braun, Tom Brady. Just always been into greats, but Floyd was in a different world when it came to, you know, for me what greatness looks like um is is boxing is one on one um yeah you got your team and your you know your little trainer that's telling you what you can do better doing a miss but it's it's a one on one battle um and just you know just seeing floyd just kind of perfect that um just going out there and being victorious each and every round i just just go on youtube and watch all his old fights over and over again and then one day um one of my trainers uh, wanted to do like a little boxing circuit. And when I did the boxing circuit, I was like, mm, I like this. And then me personally, I look awful. Like my technique was bad. My footwork was bad. My head was exposed. Like it was so much stuff that I was just doing wrong and I just wanted to get better at it. And then the more I wanted to get better at it, the more, you know, I basically just found the love for it. And then I would go on YouTube and just, Find videos of old fights, uh, or I just watch guys who, who's up and coming. Um, it, it's so much excitement going on right now in the boxing world. It's amazing, but um, just you know, just finding ways to, to get better at that, and I end up finding the love for it and continuously doing it. I sparred a couple times. It's, it's it's been an awesome journey, awesome hobby that I can pick up, and you can do it for for a very long time as well. Does this help your instincts or footwork or anything on the on the football? Oh, yeah. Field? Uh 
you know, just hand-eye coordination, just small stuff like, um, you know, a defensive back, uh, you know, we, we we jam the tight ends or the, corn, I mean, or the receivers, um, so, you know, just working on hand placement. And then, you know, us also being on defense, we punch the ball out or try to find ways to get the ball out, um, working on, you know, how to actually punch and how to actually, you know, use your force through your hips um, onto your shoulders, onto your arms, onto your hands to get the maximum force. Um, just small things like that that can help me out there in the football field. Because now I can go out there and perfectly punch a football out. Or I can go out there and, and perfectly not lunge and, and punch um, a, a tight end or a receiver with my jam. Um, and then number one thing it, it helps is cardio for sure. Um, if you watch boxing or know any boxers, they can run all day. They can box all day. Um, if you ever box yourself, you'll notice that you, you can get very tired throwing 50 punches, like very tired. And it, it helps with conditioning, um, short lateral movements, just small things that, that helps better my game as well. Of course, I guess, as you know, Debo Sweeney, he, he brings the boxing gloves out for the DBs when they're getting too yeah, grabby. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's usually usually not a good thing. What what would you say, Kayvon, if you had a notion of what the NFL was going to be like before you went into the NFL, what now three years later, um, what about it was sort of unpredictable or different from what you might have expected going in? Um... Uh, the the way the fans kind of play a role um, on teams, the way the politic game is is usually always talked about, but you don't really know until you experience it yourself exactly what that means. And um, being in the league, you know, for the past three years, definitely exposed exactly what that really means um, when they say politics kind of kind of run NFL, uh, media, stuff like that. Certain things that's being said is certain things that can literally be the topic on an organization. Just small stuff that, I don't know, man, that, like, I just didn't expect um, my, my first three years. I, I'm thinking it's, it's obviously a faster pace. Um, I'm thinking um, it's all ball, but, nah, it's – it's a fast pace, but it's, it's definitely more than just ball. Um, you got to be uh, on and off the field guy. Um, that's that's something that that's something that I didn't notice. Um, like a lot of off season stuff play a huge role on just you as a player, um, who you are, and stuff like that. They pay attention to it, uh, not only just the, the coaches, but even the media and outside people. Um, they want to see you put the work in. They want to see you get better. Um, just a lot of things that, you know, you, you try to just focus on yourself, but um, social media kind of keep exposing you to it. So um, politics is usually the number one thing that I take away from it that I didn't expect that was going to be such a huge impact on, on my career or anybody uh, NFL's career. Can you give an example, like just to better understand what you're talking about? I mean, 
don't, I don't really like. It doesn't uh, have to be anything that happened to you, to you yeah, necessarily. I'm just like a, like a maybe just. A, <laughs> I don't want to put myself under the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, just in general, just to give people a better idea of what you're talking about. But I understand. Um, I just say this. Uh, it was a guy that I was on a team with uh, when I first got here, and um, I personally feel like the media um, disliked the guy so much, and it played such a huge role that it was like even causing conflict in the organization, in the room, and was causing, you know, it ultimately for the guy to get released or, or, or traded. Um, and they all came from just the media. Uh, the, the the staff and the players saw saw it one way. Um, the outside world saw it the other way, and it kind of literally, you know, just affected the player, and it affected, you know, how the staff and the coaches seen the player, and it Ultimately, you know, got the player traded or, or out of there. Um, I never knew, you know, the media and, and the outside world have, have so much power and authority, but they do. Um, in certain circumstances, I wouldn't say in every situation, in every organization, in every team, but in certain situations, certain circumstances, they definitely have a huge role that I didn't expect. Yeah, like Clemson is it, – it's stadium. It's, you know, the, the whole – atmosphere around football is it's culture is, man it's culture yeah i was just gonna say like it's regarded as as an intense sort of atmosphere but philly <laughs> and i guess you could lump in new york and, and and places like that as well just a different type of intense intensity from the fans from the media just from the overall just sort of feeling around it i would guess yeah it was the media uh that i experienced um in clemson was completely it's completely different than what I'm experiencing um here at the Eagles. Uh I feel like here they they give you more benefit of the doubt. Um of course it's intensity and I feel like it's it, it's intensified based off of how many people we have in the stands and how many alumni come back and show love and it's just the culture is what brings this football program at Clemson just together. Um, and I feel like the culture is, is, is set and it's a standard that's set. So the fans know um, what we need out of them uh, and they know what they need out of the players. And it's <clears throat> it's a platform where I feel like here, uh, you know, they just want you to win. Um, they want you to just go out there and do your best, try your best and just go out there and win. Um, you know, in the NFL, it's, it's, it's a little different. Um, usually, depending on where you at, uh, especially if you're in, a, in an NFC or, or any team in the Northern, uh, New, the Jets, uh, the Giants, or even Philly, all those teams up North, it's, it's tough to play in. Like, if, if, if you have a bad game, they think you're a bad player. Um, if you have a great game where you, you know, game winning catch, they're going to think you're the best thing since sliced bread. And it's a lot of roller coaster um, type of atmosphere um, being at, you know, at the Eagles uh, as far as like just the, the politics and the media. Um, you, you really got to play well all the time, every single game. Uh, ain't no leeway. Um, they, they don't really care if you're sick. They don't really care if you hurt. 
Uh, they just want their players to go out there and just produce. Uh, regardless of circumstances, it doesn't matter. Um, I feel like Clemson, you know, they give you they give you a little bit more benefit of doubt, especially if you you a guy that's hurt or, or you a guy that's sick or, you know, they're not just turning you down. Um, I feel like they, they do more uplifting than not. And that's, you know, it's 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 a lot more serious in the NFL. Uh, it's a lot more um, tough, uh, rugged. Um, a lot of people who just try to just push your buttons or try to, you know, just do whatever they can to get the so-called best out of you, what they think. Um, but the whole time they, they, you know, downplaying you or downplaying your play or that case may be. So. Those those are definitely two differences that that you can get out of the two programs and the NFL compared to the college as well. You went to three national championships when you were at Clemson. What's the difference between a national championship and, and going to a, a Super Bowl? To me, uh, I don't really see big difference. Um, it's the biggest game of your life. Um, it's at the highest stage that you've ever been on. Um, in college, you know, that was that was the highest stage I was on. And I didn't experience the NFL. So, like, me being in the atmosphere, it was like once in a lifetime, just a got-to-win situation, the last game, uh, legacies being made. And I also felt that way when I was um, at the Super Bowl. Um, last game of the year, got to win, legacy being made. Um, stage is, is always set high. Millions always going to watch, just like in college. Millions always going to watch. And you just got to put your best performance on. You got to put your best foot forward. Um, even the experience, like the way they do it is is even similar. Um, they got media. They got the parade. They got whatever, you know, it is like it's, it's, it's usually the same, usually similar. Um <clears throat> I personally feel like it's a new feeling being that it's a new it was a new team and then it's a new environment. Um it's a new feeling, but it's the same feeling. I, it's it's hard for me to explain. Like you gotta really be there to experience it, like be an athlete to experience to know exactly what I mean that it's it's different but it's the same. Absolutely thrilled to have Willie Taco joining the Dubcast as a sponsor. The company that also owns the great freight yard and flock shop in Spartanburg is run by Clemson People, and they have five locations for Willie Taco and its splendid brand of Fresh Fusion. Quick testimonial here. Recently took a party of 10 to the Easley location of Willie Taco. First time there for everybody in the group. Everything, the service, the cocktails, the food was just exceptional. Folks, this does not happen by accident. They do an amazing job across the board. The Easley location of Willie Taco is planning an event with PJ Hall, so stay tuned for that. Easley address 5051 Calhoun Memorial Highway. The website is willytaco.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-35. Jalen Hurts obviously has been just a tremendous story at the NFL level. If you put yourself back 
in 2018 in California when he was coming in for Tua in the second half of a game that was basically already over, or in 17 in, in New Orleans when uh, Alabama kind of won in spite of him. He, he uh, beat y'all in spite of him. He wasn't playing that well. He eventually gets, of course, replaced by Tua in the national championship. If you were told then, hey, Jalen is going to, is going to be a high-level NFL quarterback and, and and even lead a team to a to a Super Bowl. Would you what would you have, what would your reaction have been at the time? Uh, Jalen was my quarterback uh, for the Senior Bowl, and <clears throat> that was my first time actually meeting him. When I met him, um, he was a guy who just worked, uh, very very humble guy. Um, me and him are, are also both Leos. So, like, the way we carry ourselves is, is very, very similar. Um, he a loner. Uh, he don't really need much people or he don't really need much motivation. Um, he's very, very motivated by himself, um, just like myself. Um, just see, you know, just seeing what type of person he was, seeing what type of work he was putting in at the scene, but kind of showed me what type of player he was going to be. Um, obviously, you don't know exactly what he's going to be. But you knew it was a star in the making based off of just how confident he was and just how much work he just knew he had to put in to be great. Um, Jalen's one of those guys who first one in the locker room, last leave. Um, he's always been that way since I met him. So you knew he was destined for greatness already. It's funny you mentioned the overreaction um, based on the most recent result at the NFL level, people flipping out one way or the other. I couldn't help but think back to the 2018 game against South Carolina. Y'all were supposed to just destroy them, and they end up throwing for 500 yards in Death Valley. You beat them by three touchdowns, but still Clemson fans and even media folks like me are like, I don't see how this defense can (laughs) is going to be able to hang uh, against an offense like Alabama's in the playoff. And then lo and behold, you, you hold Notre Dame to three, and then Alabama to 16 flipping points, which is one of the most incredible things, I think, in college national championship history. Uh, what do you remember about that time and and sort of coming out of the regular season? I guess I should include Pitt in there as well because you guys shut them down in the, uh, in the ACC championship. What do you remember about that time and things sort of coming unglued a little bit against South Carolina, but then you guys just really – uh, becoming supremely focused and just taking everything to a totally different level come postseason? Um, I feel like the difference between the players and the outside world looking in, um, if you know the level of each and every sport, um, each and every um, level as far as college, NFL, like you know that it's, it's at the highest um, <clears throat> you're going against the best college football players in the world each and every week. Um, in the NFL, you're going against the best players in the world each and every week. And, you know, you just try to do your best as a team to win that game, whether it's by one or a hundred. Um, a win is a win. And we knew that going in, um, as long as we, we get the victory, uh, we're going to be all right. Uh, we don't – I've I've rarely been on a team where um, – we look at a victory as a bad thing. Um, we look at a victory as something that um, 
can tarnish our team the next week. Um, each and every game, no matter if we win by 30, no matter if we win by seven, we can do something that we didn't do that we can get better at. Each and every game, <clears throat> we as players know that we have to do better. We have to be better, um, regardless of the scoreboard, whether we lose that week either. Like, we know that we have to be better as a team, as a collective group, um, because it's always room for improvement. You will never have a perfect game. It's always going to be a, a situation where we're out of position and we got to dig ourselves out of that hole. Some games we do it, um, like that South Carolina games. And <clears throat> some games we don't. In some games, you have the offense clicking and the defense not, or the defense clicking and the offense not. And you got to go back to the drawing board where all three phases, special teams, offense and defense, got to come together and, and put their best plays forward. Um, man, those South Carolina games and those pitch games where we just coming out barely winning or, or, or winning by a, a small margin, we, we really just was focused on the next week, man. We won't too worried about how close the game was. We, we was just trying to do what's best for us to to beat the team that we was playing that following week. Um, that 18 team, we knew we was going to beat everybody. We knew that we was going to get better. We knew that we was too together. We was too, we, we was too much of a brotherhood. It was too much togetherness going on. And um, I feel like as a team, if you don't have that unity, if you don't have that brotherhood, it's going to be hard for you to win. And being that we were so close, man, we knew when we had to get on our, our teammates' tail. Like, we knew where we had to get on the offense or we had to get on the special teams or we had to get on the defense to, to do better and to, to, you know, bring out the best in them. Um, we, we we just did a great job playing complimentary football, man. Anytime where we lacked one, um, the other side picked it up. And that's why I feel like 18 was, was the best college team college has ever seen. That team that, that beat y'all a year later in New Orleans might, uh, might, might stick a claim to that uh, maybe best ever offense at least. What? Yeah, just, their, defense, their defense can't mess with our defense. The numbers yeah. ain't on that level. Um, their offense was on the same level as our offense. But as a team, as a collective group, um, I feel like me personally, if you put up the 18 team versus the LSU team, I mean, I feel like it'd be a different story. But, um, you know, those at the end of the day, it's all opinionated. Uh, at the end of the day, um, we were the first team to go 15 you know, in, in the college football playoff era. So um, I'm going to forever claim it. I'm going to forever be by it. My name will forever be engraved in that ground. So I'm thankful, regardless. When, you, when you're watching Georgia uh, thrash TCU to get back-to-back titles, are you thinking, damn, we had to get past uh, LSU, <laughs> maybe one of, the, one of the best offenses of all time, and they, they get to face TCU. Not fair. Say that again? I was just going to say, when you see Georgia going for back-to-back titles and they, they get to face TCU, and you're thinking, dang, we, we were going for back-to-back titles in 19, and we had to face one of the best offenses of all time in LSU. Not fair. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you got teams that just got their era, man. You got teams that just got their year, or you got teams that just got their moment. Um, it's, it's hard to win. So I feel like, you know, TCU, they had a great year. Um, 
I feel like it's it's a year to year based. I don't think it's a. I don't. I don't really believe in the, um, you know, the Alabama being the top or the Clemson being the top every single year. Like, yeah, they're gonna compete for every single year because they're getting you know the best recruits. But um, that one year, it could be Colorado that win it all. It could be you know what I'm saying. It, it, it's a year to year thing, and I feel like each and every player needs to go in there and, and take it as that. Uh, we got to win this year. Uh, we got to win this game. We got to win this moment. And that's how you create an era. That's how you create an era of winning. That's how you create an era of just legacy, um, a culture of legacy. And I feel like that was what Alabama's done so long, um, just winning that year, um, not focused on past years or years to come, just going out there and winning that year. And I felt like, you know, Clemson has – done a great, great job of doing just that, um, winning each and every year as best as they can. Can we talk about your your upbringing? Um, the Richmond Times uh, Dispatch a couple of years ago did a fantastic story uh, talking to you, talking to your mother about uh, growing up in Creighton Courts, um, which was uh, a, play, a mixed income housing that had gunshots all the time, drug deals. Y- your mom um, finally decided y'all had to get out of there because of you. Um, can, can you just reflect on, on, on your childhood and, and how that shaped you into the person you are today and, and, and the reason you value what you do today as a result of the, those experiences? Uh, I don't, I don't spoke on this so many times and every single time I talk about, it, I kind of get like a different perspective. Mm. especially being older um man i i just want to say that i i cherish um each and every moment i have in my life um especially me being older and wiser and understanding that i had to go through all those things to get to where i'm at um whether it's you know walking by candlelight or whether it's living in poverty or whether it's, you know, you, you outside all day and, you know, you come in the house and, you know, do it all over again. Um, man, living in Creighton, man, it's just, it's not much, but it's a lot at the same time. Like, you, you're you're in a small area. Um, your parents are always telling you not to go outside this, this block or not to go outside this area and not to stay outside past the, the street lights. Um, you know, just, I grew up rough. I grew up outside with boys. I grew up, you know, playing football on concrete, um, playing basketball on concrete. Um, just doing whatever I can get myself into, man. And my mom, you know, she stayed on me. Um, my father wasn't present. Um, he was in and out of prison, um, in and out of um, just different situations, different environments. So um, my mom had to play both roles. And her playing both roles kind of showed me that um, I didn't want to disappoint her. Um, I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to be in a position where I couldn't take care of her. Um, she motivated me to to be 
where I'm at today. Um, she motivated me just through my youth. Um, I was just trying to get better and, and to do more. And I was one of them kids that did their best to stay out of trouble, that did their best to to not hang out with the wrong crowd and did their best to um, not let your mama down. Um, I, I may have got a few hiccups here and there. Um, got suspended one time at elementary school, I think one time at high school. But for the majority part, uh, I was doing better than those around me. And I was just basically trying to just outcompete them and do better than them. And um, it ultimately just made my mama happy. Um, I, I, I had an older sister and a younger sister um, growing up and me just always being around girls. It kind of, I kind of had like the perfect balance where I can go outside, be rough, be tough with the guys and with the boys, play in the street, whatever. And then I go home, you know, I got a loving mom. Um, my older sister was, was like a, a, another a mom for me as well. She she took very great care of me. Um, just always having that perfect balance, of, you know, rough love, tough love, and, um, you know, soft love back at home. And, man, I, I got lucky as well. Um, I would definitely say that but because um, I had a best friend growing up doing the exact same things as I was doing. And um, just one year where he took a different path that I took, um, and he, he was shot and, and paralyzed from the waist down. And I, I could have been that. I could have been there. Um, we used to literally hang out every day, all day. And just that time period where I was hanging out with him, that's when it happened to him. So, man, I, I definitely say... Um, God has, has, has been there every step of the way. Um, I've, I've been a lucky kid, not, not being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, so many, so many situations where, um, I was, you know, just being a kid out, outside in the mix where I would just leave and 30 seconds later I hear gunshots. I like, just, man, I was, I was definitely protected. I definitely had a shield. Um, my mama definitely was praying for me all the time and, um, me going through that and going growing up in that environment, it was hard. But um, I had, a, like I said, a loving mom, um, a shield over me, and I had so many people, like older, older, even older boys in my in my area, that just always poured into me. You know, just always let me know, like, nah, don't be, don't be here, nah, don't be there, nah, you can't come with us, no, nah, you can't do this. Um, I had a I never had a father figure um, right there in my household, but I had a lot of big brothers outside the household who who looked after me. Um, some of them, you know, put money in my pocket. Some of them put food in my my stomach. Some of them even gave me a feet off theirs. So just the shoes off their feet. So um, I, I was I was a blessed kid. Uh, I I feel like I was definitely one of the chosen ones, and I just wanted to, to do what I. I got to do to execute each and every plan that God has set for me. Um, I want to make those who poured into me proud. Um, I knew that me growing up in that environment wasn't going to be an excuse. Um, I knew that, you know, all the environments that I was surrounded by wasn't going to be an excuse to for me to get what I want out of this life. Um, I knew that I had one life to live, and I knew that 
Um, I wanted to take care of my family. I want to be in a position where um, I don't have to worry about funds. I want to be in a position where I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat, what I'm, where I'm going to live, um, even what I'm going to do. Um, I had a dream, and I chased it, and I, I was lucky enough to fulfill it by the grace of God. And um, that environment helped me be a man, helped me, you know, um, I felt like it was it was as crazy as it may sound. I'm glad I've been through it because um, I, like I said, I didn't have a father figure. So me being outside and me being around the older older boys and them showing me the ropes and them showing me how to be tough kind of helped mold me into being a man a little bit. Um, it's in a different way, but ultimately that's what I got out of it. And you know everything happens for a reason, and that's why I'm here today. Uh, when, what was your friend's name who got paralyzed and when did this happen? Uh, this happened about 14, mm. 2014, 2013, no, I won't 13, had to be 14. 2014, his name was Khalil Watson. Um, very great friend with him to this day. Um, I actually got to see him walk across the stage this year. Um, when he graduated, um, put tears in my eyes and mm. it actually reached news all over Virginia. Um, and it actually even reached some of the platforms outside of Virginia, um, where, um, a paralyzed guy literally got up and graduated, um, from college, got his bachelor's wow. and, and walked across that stage. So, um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, he still has a smile on his face. I still got a smile on my face. So uh, we both blessed, man. He's blessed to be alive and well, and so am I. One of the really striking things about that article in the Richmond paper was your mom saying, I knew I had to get out of there because of Kayvon, out of public housing. Um, she went to school, um, and while she was taking classes at night, you were staying with your grandmother. Um, but that once she got her associate's degree in human services, after she, she went back to the public housing complex to give mental health support to the residents there. That's just, wow, man. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. My mom, she's the GOAT. She's going to find a way to help. Um, she will literally give the clothes off her back to help somebody. Um, and it's actually been a gift and a curse based off of the circumstances we have now. Because uh, that's all she wants to do is help. She don't care about nothing else but helping others and blessing others and just just trying to make the world a better place. Um, she's literally devoted decades of her life um, just trying to, to, to do what she says that, you know, God has set for her. Um, she still does it to this day. Um, she... She doesn't go on the news and talk about it publicly, but she she takes um, thirty women in her area who are who are either in poverty or who who have low income, and she takes them on a girls' trip, and they all get together and, and they go out of the state or out of the country and they go to places for for three or four days and you know they they experience life. Um, She's exposing so many different women to things outside of the city of Richmond, 
or outside the state of Virginia. And, you know, just just kudos to her on her journey. Um, she's had a rough, rough life, um, a, a, a traumatizing childhood, but she didn't let that hold her back, and that ultimately kind of bled on me. And, and I didn't want to do, I didn't want to go through, I didn't want to, keep the trauma that I went through as a kid to affect my life as well. So she has done nothing but be a tremendous leader, um, a great mother, um, and even a, a good father figure as well, just trying to teach me, you know, how to be a man. From eighth grade to 11th grade, you had the same pair of shoes, and each year you would take, and this is back according to the article, you would take two brushes and a cup full of soapy water and wash the shoes to keep them fresh. Take me back to that. Man, you ask any kid that grew up in the 2000s, man, that's <laughs> everything, man. Yeah. They, they got a white pair of shoes. They took an old toothbrush and a bar of soap and went to work. Um, <clears throat> you know, as a kid growing up, man, especially in poverty, uh, especially where, you know, you don't have, you know, even seven pair of shoes to have a different pair of shoes every day of the week. Um, I was, you know, rotating shoes and just finding ways to keep them clean so I can roll over them to the next year. Um, high school, man, I done just that. I, it's crazy that, that you mentioned that because I promise you, you can ask anybody in my family. I still got four pair of shoes that I had my senior year of high school that are still fresh. So <laughs> just... You know, just having that mentality that you're not, you're not going to get a lot of this, so you got to take care of it. Um, it it kind of told me, you know, I got to take care of the things that I have. I got to take care of the, the possessions that I have because, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of it. I'm not going to have variations of it. I'm not going to, you know, be able to replace these things. And um, my mom told me. And, you know, just growing up, man, all, I used, I'm, I'm heavy into hip-hop. And a lot of the hip-hop music, uh, they talk about, you know, cleaning your shoes and all that. So I always, you know, just try to stay on top of my, my, my stuff and make sure that I stay fly and I stay fresh. If you're in the Columbia or Sumter or PD areas and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to Uptown Realty SC. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. On the topic of value and, you know, appreciating and preserving what you do have, the topic of, of, of value and, and, and what players are worth is, is, a, is a big, 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 big issue now uh, with the advent of NIL, which I guess is a, a 
couple of years old, wasn't wasn't around when you were at Clemson. Do you have a take on um like where are you on that on on players uh uh, I, I don't. I don't even want to call it name image likeness because it's gotten to the point now where it's basically pay for play in in many instances. Do you have a position on on that on on what it should be like, um, and just how different it is now from when you were um, at Clemson? Um, I, I low key don't kind of understand your question. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of long winded. I'm just curious. Yeah, what... it was. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out your point, but I, I can't really. I, have, I can't I, really get your I point. Have, I have that problem a lot. Do you have like a an opinion on NIL in college athletics? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. So, uh, I wish I would have got the chance to to experience the NIL. Um, I don't. I think. Um, I think what kind of messed up the college world uh, is the transfer portal. Um, I don't think NIL, um, in my opinion, has hurt um, the college world as much as uh, the transfer portal. Because um, the transfer portal kind of kind of taught guys that if they don't like the circumstance they're in, they can just leave and start over. Um, and a lot of them get caught up in other situations where you know, they may not have a, a spot anymore or they they may have a spot, but then they got to relearn the whole program. Now they're doing catch-up all over again. So it's like I'm, I'm a guy that grinded for four years, so I have a different perspective um, on it. But the, the, the NIL, um, I feel like, is, is amazing. Um, I feel like it's deserving. Um, I feel like it could have been done. Uh, I remember my first couple of years, they was talking about it. And, I, and I've and i been saying, like, I hope they do it before I leave. Because, um, you know, it's, it's so much money that goes into this sport. And I feel like, especially college athletes, it's more that they can get. I'm not saying they don't have enough, but I feel like it's more that they can get. And if there's more they can get, why not give it to them? Being that they putting all this work in, being they the ones out there playing – being that they're the ones out there literally laying their bodies and life on the line. Net, you know how many players tore their ACL mm. within the last three years at Clemson? Uh, quite, a, quite a few. No, no, no. A lot. Too much. So yeah. it's like you're literally, you're, you're literally putting your physical bodies on the line for this game. And I feel like as much as being put into this game, it should be deserving of the players to get a lot out of it as well. Well, the, uh, another – thing to consider is have you ever seen a uh, a mid-40s or mid-50s former football or basketball player walking around <laughs> yeah that would freak me out they're having a hard time hey. walking you know a lot of them are at least and that's not even getting into the the head stuff you know with yeah the, so so and, and you already said your first i guess first maybe second year you didn't fully grasp um, what it took or, or what they were trying, the message they were trying to send. I, th- I think you played in 16, you played 109 snaps. So back then, at the, had the transfer portal been around at maybe on one of your, one of your bad days during a practice, maybe when you get chewed out, do you, uh-huh. you, you might've been somebody who said, you know what, I'm just going to get out of here. Yeah. I, I don't think that teaches guys to, to remain humble and to work for, what you're deserving, but 
Uh, there are so many situations where guys leave and they end up in a better position than they was when they was at. So um, I feel like, you know, just follow your heart, uh, follow what God's telling you to do, and just do that. Um, I wish every college player good luck because this is this is hard. Um, being a college athlete, still being a regular student, I have to do, you know, what the regular student's doing, but still having a full-time schedule with football. Um, it's very deserving for these players to get as much as they can out of it. And and, and I just wish the luck, best of luck to all of them. Have you ever, I mean, you, you sound, you were a Clemson guy through and through, clearly, and it almost didn't happen. Have you ever thought about where you would have ended up had TJ Green and J. Ron Kirsch not left early? No. Uh, mm-mm. Uh, I don't even try to get no energy. My mom told me that was where I was supposed to be. That was where I was destined to be. So I just moved accordingly. Um, God told me that was the school for me, and, uh, and uh, that's what it was. What was the first communication you got from Clemson from your recollection? Mike Reed uh, hit me up on Twitter and said that um, he wanted to come out there and visit me. And at that point, what were your options b- before you got that? Um, I probably I think I had Pitt, Maryland, JMU, and Cincinnati. Wow, because I mean, you you had a big senior year, right? Yes. So that's what I guess put put. Uh, I end up having fifteen different scholarships, fifteen different scholarship offers two weeks before signing day. Wow. You said Clemson made you a man, and you said Dabo was was hard on you sometimes. Can you can you explain that? Give some more detail there on how that process. On just you being shaped um, by him and the and the program. Well, when I when I first got to Clemson, um, I found I found myself uh, you know alone a lot and trying to figure out what I want to do and what I what I can do to to say to stay um, mentally, spiritually, and physically um, intact. And um, I went to a bunch of church services. I, um, my teammate Darian started a, a, a Bible study group and just stuck with that. Um, kind of found my way um, to to be a better person, better man through that. Um, I love a bunch of Bible studies, a bunch of community grouping, just just being around the guys and seeing them, you know, become a man. Kind of helped me in the process as well. Or seeing older guys who who are already you know, well on their way into the NFL, you know, pouring to me and, and teach me the ropes, help um, Sweeney. Um, I, I remember my my senior year, going to my senior year, a prime example of um, him just wanting the best out of me. He, he had benched me in practice my senior year. You know, I'm a guy that's trying to go to the NFL, so um, him benching me in practice was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, it could be taken away from you at any moment. And... Um, him doing so kind of, you know, taught me to remain humble and still got to go earn it each and every week. And just small stuff that he do, um, that's one of the things that I can definitely take away from 
that um, he's done to help mold me into not ulti- not ultimately just a better player, but a better person and a better uh, citizen. Because you know, anything in life, um, it's a battle each and every day, and you got to win each and every day. And um, your fruits of your labor, uh, you got you got to be deserving of it. Um, you got to go earn it. And nothing in this life is going to be given to you. And him taking me through that kind of kind of helped me understand that um, through football. Why did he bench you? Uh, I was. I think I came out there like one minute late or something like that. It was. It was some. It was something that I at the time didn't feel like was a big deal, but it definitely was a big deal. Uh, being that the leader I was, I was in. Being that the leader I was, and being at the position I was in. Um, he wanted me to lead by example, and that's all that that was. And it was it was all out of love. It was all about a. It was all out of, you know, him just wanting the best out of me. So, um, but yeah, I think I was just one minute late to practice or something like that. How much of an impact did Brent Venables have on you? Huge, man. Huge. Uh, I feel like I got a. I, I felt like I got like eighty percent of my football IQ from him. Um, he taught me the ropes. He taught me route tree. He taught me the concepts. He taught me the defensive stunts. Um, he taught me formations. Man, all different types of coverage concepts. Man, he taught me. He taught me the game, how to be a defensive player. Um, I, I came in as a corner, and he didn't just teach me the corner route. He taught me the safety. He taught me the nickel, and ultimately, I ended up being a better safety than I was corner. So. Um, he, he he basically told me my football IQ that I needed, honestly. What's your most cherished memory from your college career? My most cherished memory from my college career is uh, winning those national championships. Um, because not only did I win the national championships, but my family was there, and, and I was with my guys, man, the guys who I grinded hard with. The best player you played with at Clemson? Um, the best player I played with? Uh, I played with a lot of greats. The best player? Uh, I can't name. I, I really don't know. Do you remember when you first saw Trevor Lawrence on a football field and you thought, whoa, this guy's different? Yeah, it was actually doing skills and drills. The first day he had threw a like sixty-five yard bomb go route off the back foot, rolling out. <laughs> it was crazy. You keep in touch with him here and there. Yeah, he's a great, great guy. Um, you know, I was a leader on that team, so he definitely respect me. Uh, much respect to him and his family, his wife. Um, we got a good, good relationship. And a lot of those Bible studies, he was there too. So uh, we also grow in a relationship through that too, through Christ. What's that like when you have a freshman who's a superstar almost from the moment he puts on a helmet and he's trying to mix in with the senior or junior leaders, the established leaders? I mean, you just sort of alluded to it a minute ago how that has to sort of mesh for it to work right. Um, seeing the type of player he was 
destined to be, and then seeing him actually be that player is, was definitely kind of like, it was like, I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's dope, though. It's really, really dope to see. Um, really, really good to, like, be around greatness um, because you, you want to be just like that. You want to be a guy who is well-respected, a guy who, um, you know, is just destined for greatness. Um, and just seeing the way, you know, he worked, just seeing the way, you know, he put in the time, um, seeing the way he lead. Um, since the first day he got there, uh, you just knew it. Um, Travis Etienne the same way, you just knew it. Um, some guys you you see you gotta develop like Isaiah. Um, he didn't he didn't come in right away and ball, but over time he became a superstar. Um, just it's it's always good to see, you know, players being who they're supposed to be. Um, superstars, you know, growing into that role that they're supposed to grow into. Um, it's, it's definitely motivating and. You know, it ultimately pushes you to be great as well. Pushes you to 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 do more and to be be more of a of a player. And you want your own legacy, just like they got theirs. Who's the best player you played against in college? In college, mm-hmm. uh, James Conner was kind of crazy. Um, because he was my freshman year, and me trying to tackle him was nuts. Oh, they were uh, running that uh, shovel thing. Yes, it was kicking our bus with it. <laughs> oh, man. That was – but I got to give it to Lamar Jackson, though. You know, he's uh, he's a nightmare. Uh, he's still a nightmare to this day. So I got to get – because I seen him my true freshman year, and I seen him my junior year. No, my sophomore year. And – um. Both games, he, he kind of shook me out of my shoes. So, yeah, I got to give I gotta get kudos to him. He was, he was, he's definitely takes the cakes, best, best player I definitely played against in college football. Not even close when, when it comes to him and his abilities and what he did. I think he's the best opposing player to ever visit Death Valley. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that, not even in the slightest bit. Kayvon, is there anything we haven't covered uh, that you'd like to talk about? I've, I've, I've kept you for a long time, and I appreciate it. Um, I wanted to, you know, just give a shout-out uh, to you for giving me this interview, and I appreciate it. Um, I wish nothing but blessings over your life and your, your career. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my mom, um, all my coaches, um, Sweeney, um, Lauren Johnson, um, Nick Sirianni, Doug Peterson, um, Man, so many coaches who, who who poured so much into me um, to to ultimately just want me to be better. Um, shout out to my mentors, man. Um, shout out to to all my 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 brothers out there who I played with. Um, man, I, I can't thank a lot of people enough. Man, just want to give give them their flowers. Well. During your four years here, it was always enjoyable and enlightening and entertaining to talk with you in a media capacity and uh, really, really enjoyed catching up with you, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you so much for this. All right. Great stuff there from Kayvon. Appreciate him sharing so much of his time with us during a busy time. And of course, all the best to him here in his fourth year with the Eagles. 
big season with the Eagles for sure, as he said. Thanks to our sponsors for their support, including the most recent, Willie Taco. And most of all, thanks to every one of you for hitting that play button. Cheers.